Hello again from your friend, Dan Jones. This talk is for you. There was an episode of the Andy Griffith Show in which Andy, Barney, and the gang were visiting with each other on the steps after church one Sunday morning. As we saw just before this, Barney had a hard time staying awake during the service, but he didn't hesitate to join in complimenting the minister for his sermon. Although he had slumbered through the whole thing, he felt the need to be specific and so said something nice about the fact that the preacher talked about sin that day. At least he thought it was nice. Well, the preacher didn't talk about sin at all. And as usual, Andy strongly reproached Barney for putting his foot in his mouth. Now, I may be oversensitive, but I think the intent of the writers was to suggest that the pastor there in Mayberry wouldn't appreciate being thought of as somebody who talked much about sin. Now, if that's true, he would fit right in today. We seem to be going through a time in the church where any mention of sin is thought to be judgmental and unloving. After all, doesn't the Bible say that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world? but that the world through him might be saved? It definitely says that. But saved from what? Well, we're not left in the dark there either. Even before Jesus was born, an angel told Joseph to name the child Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came into the world. By the way, Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. The Son of God came to bring salvation from sin. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time defining sin. I imagine you know something about sin being human. We all know about sin from personal experience because we've all sinned. The question I want to discuss is, why make a big deal out of it? Shouldn't we try to be positive? Won't talk of sin drive people away from church? Let me say, first of all, that the place where sin most needs to be addressed and dealt with is church. In case you haven't noticed, church people sometimes sin. I don't mean to shock you. But I would point out that the Bible, which is my source for these talks, is addressed to Christians. So we won't be far off base if we conclude that a lot of the sin talk in there is aimed at us. I'm pretty sure most of my listeners are Christians. I hope you're a Christian and not just a churchgoer, but you'll have to sort that out with God. So what's the big deal about sin? Let's talk about some of the things that go along with sin. First of all, sin has consequences. One of Satan's favorite lies is that if nobody knows about what you've done, nobody will be hurt. The fact is, my sin hurts me, and it hurts those around me, even if they don't know about it. We are connected whether we like it or not, and as Christians, we are deeply connected in ways that don't just affect us personally, but that affect the cause of Christ and the progress of the gospel. We all know that sin often has physical consequences. 
If I drink to excess or use hard drugs a lot, my health will suffer. And if I drink too much and then drive a car, I could cause some other innocent person on the highway to suffer. This is an obvious example, but all sins have consequences for us, whether they are so-called sins of the flesh or sins like lying or even pride and certainly a lack of love for our fellow men. Sin can destroy one's reputation, doing harm to them, their career, and their family. But what's the worst thing about sin, if I can phrase a question like that? To answer, let me read from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And there's the biggest problem with sin. Sin creates a breach between us and God. No consequence of sin is more dire than that. We all have different levels of relationship. You have a temporary relationship with the checker at the grocery store. But that relationship is not as vital as your relationship to a co-worker or your boss. Those relationships, of course, are not nearly as important as family relationships. The most important human relationship is my li- in my life is my relationship to my wife. But by far, the most important relationship for any human being is that relationship to God. Now, you may object that many people don't have a relationship with God. They may think they don't, but they fail to realize that God gives them every breath they breathe and is responsible for creating the food they eat. That's just the beginning of the description of the total dependence on God that everyone in this world has, whether they think about it or believe it or not. Unfortunately, most people's relationship with God is one of indifference. And the indifference itself might just be the primary sin of mankind. Romans 1 lists some pretty awful behaviors that are obviously sinful. But before listing these things, Paul tells us how it all started. Listen. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Do you honor God as God? Do you render to him the worship that he is due? Have you given him your life, which is really his anyway and is on loan to you now? Someday God will call in that loan. How will it be then? All the particular sins on the lists are merely symptoms of the fact that we have not honored God in the way that He deserves as our Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer. 
Sin has separated us from God. Sin has broken the most important relationship that you have. And that's what's so bad about sin. I am so thankful that in His mercy, God has not left us to suffer the eternal consequences of our sin, but has made a way through Christ to save us from our sin. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In Jesus Christ, through what he accomplished by his atoning death on Calvary's cross, God has opened the door to reconciliation. God has made a way to mend this broken relationship. Although we have all sinned against him, our sin has not quenched his undying love. If you don't know Christ today, call out to him and seek his mercy and forgiveness. Yield your life to Jesus and he will receive you with open arms. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for reaching out to us in Christ to bring us home to you, the one that loves us with an everlasting love. Thank you for making it possible to mend our broken relationship with you. Draw hearts to yourself through these words, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. At the suggestion of a very dear friend. I'm going to close today by not just giving out my email address, but by sharing with you that in addition to recording two of these talks every week, my wife and I, along with a group of committed Christian friends, are planting a new church congregation in the Schenectady, New York area. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m., at the American Legion Hall that is located at 1809 Union Street. The group is called the Bread of Life Anglican Church. While I'm not trying to proselyte anybody, if you don't already have a church home in the Capital District, we would love to meet you Sunday. Oh yeah, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.